And that's when I really began to understand the statement of love thy neighbor as thyself. It's to love thyself first. And then go out into the world and share that loving with others. So pay attention to these avenues by which the soul can come awake. The greatest avenue is through meditation. And in truth, ultimately, your soul in this lifetime or another, if it is on a path of liberation, will find itself doing more and more meditation to come awake into the true action of that. But there's other ways as well, self-study and service, that can begin to prepare a foundation of that pathway and make that pathway stronger, sturdier, wider, clearer for us to be able to walk in inner meditation, if not now. So a different conversation today than I've had in the past, but it was just a very different meditation. Going out, coming in, going out, coming in to all these different experiences with these people and looking to see where they are, what they're experiencing, how they're awakening, to what they're awakening, how they're avoiding. And I began to realize, well, that's the game down here. It's not just up there. We do the same thing down here every day. We avoid, we wake up to, we pay attention, we run away from. All these different games that we play, and they're all just fine. But if we can begin to pay attention and take greater action, we can begin to allow ourselves to stay more focused into the truth of who we are and live that truth more and more every day. Then our lives truly become simple, easy, grace-filled, and loving. And we begin to really truly have that connection, that communication, and that experience of oneness with God that first is in the soul level, within our own spiritual vehicle here at the physical body, the soul, and then on up through the different realms as we connect each of the soul levels of these different realms until we unite in our soul and the soul realm and beyond. The inner journey is a greater journey, a more joyful journey than that of the world. Because the inner journey is truly one of return to that place of the infinite, to that place of the loving, to that place where there is no change. There is just God. There is just soul. There is just loving. So it's a much easier journey once we really begin to allow ourselves to experience it. Where the journey is down here, not so simple. It's rather complicated in comparison to that. At least it has been for me. But once you have that simplicity inside of you, that simplicity will live out into you, into the world and into your experience, and even simplify those. So don't look in the world for answers. Don't look into the world for simplicity. Don't look in the world for fulfillment because it's not in the world it's in you it's in the awakening of the divine in you and it's in you allowing the divine in you to live in you fully 
from the highest to the lowest. And then you truly are the fulfillment of God. And that's when the soul is liberated. Because the soul has been fulfilled in this part of its journey. And so it can continue on into the next. And eventually you'll find it is like waking up from a dream. When the soul wakes up and begins to look up back unto itself and not into the mind and into the world, it is like waking up from a dream. And parts of that dream have been nightmarish and parts of that dream have been wonderful and a lot of fun. But now it's time to wake up and let go of the dream and go back into the truth, back into the reality. And one day I know that that's what will happen with you if it hasn't already done so. Now, you may describe it differently, but that's how I would describe it. That's how Shakespeare described it in many of his writings about waking up. That's how Rumi describes it in many of his poems is about waking up and the journey of the soul. That's what Kabir wrote about. And that's what so many great mystics have written about. Give yourself time every day to be with God, to be with you, the soul, to be with you, that loving essence. Give yourself time every day, however long it works for you. But if you give yourself that time, your life will be transformed. Your life will become more joyful and simple, grace-filled and easy. It has been for me. I think you're ready, huh? That was a different talk. I don't know. That was different. Like it. Your turn. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Um, just towards the end there, I started seeing where to move with some of what Jim's sharing because as we know, this pathway really is about meditation and waking up to God. And that's really it. It's the soul's journey of awakening. That's simple. But it's, it's interesting, and I like too where Jim was sharing about taking the time to not only share ourselves but also to listen because a lot of the the wisdom we can hear from each soul on, on its journey, from anybody around us, everybody's got wisdom in them. But do we allow ourselves to receive that wisdom from those souls around us walking this journey as well? And we often don't because a lot of the time we don't give each other not only the attention, but maybe even the respect or the honor or appreciation, acknowledging this other soul on a journey, maybe even walking right next to us. We'll discount it because maybe it's the way they look or the way they sound or whatever they talk about. We're not interested in what they're sharing. And so sometimes we'll just kind of shut ourselves down to even those right around us. So it's important to pay attention to a lot of what's running inside of us. What are we giving attention to or what are we reacting to? Because often we may be around people we shut down because maybe they're pushing on us or they're expecting something from us or they want us to do something that we don't want to do. So we often find ourselves in states of resistance or rebelliousness. 
of trying to either push back or trying to pull away from because we don't like what we're experiencing. So these are things to pay attention to on a journey to see not just what others are doing, but what are we doing inside of ourselves with other people. That's a big key to this because often we'll blame others and it's always their fault or something going on in the world rather than really getting the attention to our own inner dynamic of what's taking place inside of us and how are we handling that? How are we handling what's going on inside? Because that resistance we feel, the, the tug of war, the push of the pull, is all we really need to handle in order to begin to find the greater freedom in the world. It's, it's wonderful because I know as I've spent more time on that in myself, and as we say in here, LAF, laugh, loving, accepting, forgiving, that the more I practice that with my own internal process is where I begin to find my own greater states of freedom. And when I'm living in that freedom, I find I can be with others in more of a receptive and open way, even while they're running their stuff, where in the past I used to go into reaction with that. Now I can feel the tug, and, tug of war in the world around me, but the difference is I'm not having the tug of war within me. So that's what we're really looking for here is our own internal freedom. And that's the simple part uh, where Jim mentioned this is a pathway of meditation, self-study, and service. Well, I'm talking a little bit more about the self-study now. That's paying attention, being aware of our own internal states of beingness and what's taking place there and what can we do with it. How can we change it to really experience more of what we want? If it's greater peace, more joy, more loving, whatever it may be, is what we can we do inside to open the door to have that. And that way we don't have to have things by default because they did it to me or the world did it to me or put it upon me. To realize that we have the responsibility to ourselves to bring that about within. But that's also where the lessons are, where the karmas are of not only learning what's going on inside, but also how to begin to apply these spiritual principles of loving, accepting, and forgiving to really get those results. And that's always a challenge because most of the time we do begin to push away or try to avoid a lot of the opportunities. Maybe if we just change the languaging instead of challenges or I'm being tested or this is my karma. Maybe if we just change the languaging to say, oh my gosh, here's an opportunity for me now to begin to get even another level of freedom within myself because I'm finding myself shutting down, going into reaction, pulling away from, trying to push out, whatever the response may be. It's usually that fight or flight, tug of war. And to begin to work with that inside. Because when we can begin to do that, we'll begin to find that neutrality that exists within each of us. And that neutrality is the soul. It's really the soul. But often before we get up to the soul, what is it we always say? Inwards and upwards. So we always come within. So usually the first step of within, we'll often run up against this irritation and stress that I'm talking about or the opportunities. But then we need to become what? Become aware of the internal state. And then we need to find our way to rise above it. 
because the freedom and the liberation is as we rise above these internal states, all this we're going to find here in, the, in this inner kingdom through the imagination, the emotions, the mind, the unconscious. We've got to rise above that to the soul level. That's where not only the freedom and liberation is, but that's where the true neutrality is. So it's inwards and upwards. Because otherwise, we get so focused on trying to learn the lesson, meet the opportunity and overcome it, and then we're finding ourselves in a sense, what, trying to push through and make these things happen. When all we have to do is rise above them and then allow the journey or the process to unfold. And when we live in this place of neutrality here at the seat of the soul, then that's where we can find that place of participation Jim was speaking of to listen and to share ourselves. And that's where we find the equilibrium. There's this exchange of energy of giving and receiving. Not only like we describe in meditation where we share love with God and receive God's love for ourselves, but also that whole part of love thy neighbor as thyself. Again, as Jim was sharing, the God within each other. There's a giving and receiving of the loving from one soul to another, from God to God. So just as we do in meditation of loving God and opening to receive God's love for us, well, we have the opportunity every day, even here in the world, with every soul around us, to both give and to receive that same action of loving that we do with God in meditation, we can do with God in meditation with our eyes open in the world around us. It's the same action, in other words. Same action. So if we can begin to look at it as the same action and participate from that neutral place of loving, then we may begin to even find the relationships in the world with other souls in these physical bodies begin to change for the better, to have nicer experience, more loving experience, rather than the tug-of-war that we often find ourselves confronted with. So it is both the internal states of self-study, but then also the action of rising up above. That always comes back to meditation. No matter what we're doing, it always comes back to meditation because that is the way to move into that place of neutrality where it resides. I know I hear so often people saying, I'm trying to be neutral, I'm trying to be neutral. And I say, well, what are you doing to trying to be neutral? And then it's often more about this internal external process because they're so challenged with somebody in their lives. But I don't hear often really the application of loving, accepting, and forgiving and rising above that. Because often when we're caught in the struggle, and this is what I hear almost all the time, well, are you meditating much? Well, no. Every time I sit down to meditate, I'm so irritated and upset because of what's going on in my challenge and struggle in life. Isn't that often the case? I know that's what I hear. I know that's what I go through myself. But that's the opportunity. That's the opportunity now to rise above that which we're challenged by. And often the key that I have found is to give myself the time to do it 
Because usually when I'm so reactive and irritated and in the struggle, I don't give myself the time. Even if I say, okay, I'm going to go meditate. I may find myself there for 20 minutes and still so much in the reaction saying, well, this isn't working. I'll get up and try to go do something else. Anybody here not know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Gee, why do we always talk about God's principle of tithing? 10% of the day. 10% of the day with God. Two hours and 24 minutes. Not 24 minutes. Two hours in 24 minutes. Because it's often the time that it takes to get past all that other junk. I'm sorry, opportunity. Yeah, it's junk until we rise above it and then it is an opportunity because, yeah, now we're free of it and we go, oh my God, blessings, grace, gratitude. yoo I did it. But it's not like that before we get to that place. But it often really is simply a matter of giving ourselves enough time in meditation to rise above it. To actually sit through all the turmoil, the struggle, the internal conflict, the internal arguing, even when the other person's not there anymore, but you're still arguing inside of yourself. To give yourself the time. Because what happens with every argument? Eventually it quiets down. Eventually. So give yourself the time to let it quiet down. And that's where you begin to rise above it. But if you don't even do that, the argument may quiet down, but guess what? The internal energy of the argument is still going to be running inside of you if you've not allowed yourself to now lift up above it. And so not only does meditation give us the opportunity to let it quiet down and find a greater peace through it all, but truly gives us the opportunity to now rise above it and be free of it. Because guess what happens if we don't step into the freedom above it? Well, the argument we may have had may have completed in that moment in the day. But if we don't find the resolution or freedom from it, it'll show up another time, another place. Maybe the same person. Maybe just the next day or later the day. And even if it's not them, it'll show up with somebody else. Because we haven't done the inner work to truly set ourselves free. Till that's always the key, is to do the inner work, to set ourselves free. But to take the time to do it, that's probably the biggest key and the main thing I've seen over all these years I've been doing this is me personally taking the time, but everybody I hear from, the same. And the funny thing is, when somebody finally does take the time, almost 100% of the time I'll hear people say, oh my God, it happened. I'm free of it. Life's great again. Because they finally did the inner work to take the time to do the inner work. What's the phrase? Well, how long will it take? As long as it takes. How often do I got to keep doing it till it's done? It's that type of process. Are you willing to do it? How bad do you want your liberation? Or how good do you want your freedom? What do you choose? 
That's the funny thing. We talk about freedom of choice, or it's always there. Well, freedom of choice, right? And we get buried in the karma, and we go, no, I really don't have freedom of choice. Well, you do. You can choose to be buried in your karma, or you can choose to go for the freedom. Dig your way out. And maybe with a little bit of God's grace and the great duster or sweeper, it'll help you clear it up. And it makes it easier. The wonderful thing is, too, when we begin to rise above these opportunities in ourselves, then as we now move back out into our daily life, we're still going to be presented with these opportunities to now make different choices, to now approach it differently. Or do we get dragged back down and go back into the same old way we used to do it so it's always the battle? Well, it's often a little bit of both. But the more we really do the inner work and find the greater internal freedom, we'll begin to discover new ways to handle our lives internally as we walk through the world. They just present themselves, things you've never even thought of. It's so funny, a lot of people who move into meditation begin to find a greater level of creativity coming forward. That's because the soul is creative. So all we have to do is tap into the soul. That creativity shows up. Not just creativity as in writing or artwork or dancing or singing, but creativity even in coming up with creative solutions to the problems in our lives. Finding the answers to the questions we have. That's creative. The creativity to simply do something different in our lives. Where before, we know we want something new or something different, but we don't know what to do. These things just show up. I know everybody here has had those experiences, those synchronistic divine moments, the little miracles in life, where all of a sudden, wow, I don't know where that came from. It just showed up. And we're amazed. Well, we can have more and more of that on a regular basis the more we give ourselves the opportunity to have that experience by taking the time to go within and to rise above all the physical, material experience and begin to move into the spiritual. And then often the challenge we have when things are so amazing and we get so enthusiastic about it, what often we want to do? We want to go tell everybody else, right? And we want everybody else to do it. We want our friends, our family, our dogs and cats to do it. I know everybody who has pets goes, oh my God, me being spiritual, that's going to help their soul, right? They're going to be a human their next lifetime, right? Maybe, maybe not. Start teaching them how to meditate. Here, kitty, kitty. But that's the other side of it, is also now see what we do. And I'm not just talking about with spirit. It may be other things in our lives that we get interested in or excited about. Yeah, it's natural to want to share. But just be aware of how you share. Do you share it out of freedom and just your loving? Or do you share it out of trying to make people do what you want to do? And if you're not sure, watch how people respond around you. 
That'll give you an indicator. If somebody really wants to participate in what you're sharing, you'll see that. They'll ask questions, just as Jim was sharing earlier. They'll ask questions. They'll want to hear more. So you get to be their teacher. Or if there's something you're interested in, you'll find yourself asking questions and wanting to pursue and explore. And give somebody else the opportunity to share and to teach you. But if you're the one who finds yourself sharing or being the teacher, sharing your enthusiasm, your wisdom, watch how you do the sharing. So in a sense, you don't put yourself on others. That you begin to cause reaction. Because what happens every time there's a cause, there's an effect. Even out of our excitement, we can begin to put other people off because they may feel we're expecting them to do what it is we want to do. They're feeling controlled. You know, the big old sales pressure, that type of stuff. So share your enthusiasm, share in loving. But find a way to do it from the place of neutrality, non-attachment, without putting out expectations or desires, but just simply sharing in the loving and your joy and letting it be. Just letting it be. Don't expect anyone to think the way you do, to do what you do, to want to do what you're sharing. But just have the joy of being with one another. And sometimes you'll find you'll do things together. And other times you'll find you won't do things together. And be grateful for that because believe me, if you got somebody, because yeah, we're all to some degree or another controllers or those who are controlled. And we'll often do things, why? Just because we want to please the other person, right? Yeah, that's often what we do. But after a while, if we're one of those people pleasers, we begin to find that energy backing up within ourselves. And then we begin to find ourselves going into reaction and irritation now with the very one we're trying to please, whether that's a partner, a spouse, co-worker, boss, friends, doesn't matter who it is, complete strangers. Just watch how you participate there and realize you've got the freedom to make the choices you want. If you're trying to please another, if you know that's what's going on inside of you, instead of putting yourself through that and building up to the point where all of a sudden you explode at them because you tell them off and you said, I'm so sick and tired of you controlling me and telling me what to do. Do I need to ask again? Does anybody know what I'm talking about right now? Instead of letting it get to the point, why not be more proactive? And if anything, just thanking people for sharing and then letting it just be at that. Not even having to make excuses for not participating, but even being honest. Say, you know, thank you for sharing. It's so wonderful to hear your joy and, and what you're so excited about in life. And even though I may not find that to be the case for me, there's other areas that I do have that excitement and joy. And, and realize it doesn't have to be the same. You know, one of the wonderful things is when we begin to give ourselves that kind of freedom, 
Everybody around us gets the benefit of that. Because when we give ourselves freedom, automatically we begin to extend that freedom to those other souls around us. And I found in my own life as I've done that, yeah, I've had people sometimes go into reaction or felt hurt like I'm rejecting them. But I'll take the time to explain and share. So I'm not rejecting you. I love you. That just may not be an area that interests me or that I want to participate in and do with you. But that has nothing to do with you as a human being. It's just not an area I'm interested in. And I found when I'm very honest with people like that, they get the loving. And then I find that reaction or rejection feeling just disappearing. Because when somebody knows they're loved and cared about, that's what really matters. And then the other stuff just kind of dissolves. And then all of a sudden I hear people talking back, saying, oh my God, you know, thank you so much for being so honest like that. Because I realize part of my tendency has been that I've tried to control other people and bring them into what I'm doing so I feel good about myself and to make it that I'm doing the right thing. And I never really allowed myself, and I wouldn't allow others the opportunity to really be honest and share with me what they felt, what they thought, what they're interested in. And now I'm finding a whole other level of freedom because of what you've shared. Now I'm paying more attention and looking at what I do and run on others and beginning to let go of that and allowing others a greater freedom. And now people are coming to me and saying how much they love and appreciate the type of freedom and loving they experience with me. Shall I ask again? Does anybody in here not know what I'm talking about? I think we've all had many of these types of experiences. But pay attention to that because those are where the true lessons, the lessons aren't the karmas, the lessons are the loving, the opportunities of freedom. That's a different spin on it, isn't it? You mean I don't have to figure out my karma? All I have to do is learn how to do the loving, the accepting, and the forgiving? There you go. Maybe the lessons aren't getting your karma done. Maybe the lessons are simply living the loving and the accepting and the forgiving. And that handles all the other stuff. In truth, there's only one lesson. You can't even call it a lesson, and that's loving. It's not even a lesson. Because it is a being of life itself that all we're doing here is remembering or reawakening to that which already is. Not what was or what will be, but that which is. And loving is all that is. All that other stuff is just scenery along the way. In truth, it's not lessons. It's just things we're experiencing on this journey of loving. So there's not really even a lesson. It's just a journey of loving. Just an experience of loving. In its multiple expressions. We just get so caught up in all the different expressions. And we go through all these ups and downs and judging it and cursing it and then loving it and being grateful for it. And we're going to do all that. We're going to curse it and bless it. The very same thing. The negative, the positive. 
The negative is a curse at first, and then all of a sudden it turns into a blessing because we now move into the freedom beyond it. And then all the positive, first that was a blessing, and all of a sudden it turns into a negative because now we've gotten so caught up into it, we simply got attached because it was such a good thing. Now we can't live without it. Now we're attached. It works both ways. That's the amazing thing. But eventually we'll realize that now no longer is it a blessing or a curse, but simply just an experience we've walked through. And then it's just loving through it all. That's the neutrality. That's the freedom. To live in the world, but not of the world. To live the joy, the freedom of spirit without being caught up and attached in the mind, the emotions, imagination, the body. And to wake up through that gal-dang unconscious level where we always fall asleep, where it's all dark, where we don't know anything, the meditation begins to wake us up even through the realm of unconsciousness, that great etheric void. You can begin to be conscious and see and hear and walk through that. Even if your body falls asleep, your soul can stay awake and discover that pathway of light and sound right on through the nothingness and back into all that is. So that's the journey we're on. It's simply a journey of loving back into all that is. And from there, it really does all become just simply experience of joy. All right. Good timing. Good. Okay, so thank you, everyone.